You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, happy Friday. Uh, the weekend is here, and I hope you're planning to join us on an Eastside campus this weekend as we begin a brand new series entitled Some Things Never Change. And in a world that's constantly changing, that is good, good news, you know, that uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, I think you're going to really be encouraged by this series. A few days ago, I shared with you the story of my friend Jane and Eric, whose son Paul was tragically killed when a car hit his bicycle when he was just a teenager. Well, there's an extraordinary postscript to their story. The person responsible for Paul's accident was a teenage driver named Tommy. And Tommy came to Paul's funeral and had an extraordinary interchange with Jane. Jane knew he would be coming and she was still struggling with grief and anger and with confusion over how to deal with the tragedy that had turned her life upside down, as you can imagine. And She had people telling her that she should sue this boy and his family for every penny. She had people telling her, just pray about it. And, and then she had this 16-year-old shuffling up to her, head down, lips trembling, weighed down by the consequences of what he had done. And Jane said, I knew as I was praying, as I was crying, as I was groaning, as I was moaning, as I was pounding my fist, that God had given me the power to either break this child or build him. Because I was so angry, I wanted to take out my anger on somebody, she said. And Tommy looked up at her like he thought she was going to hit him. and His face seemed to say, here I am, what are you going to do to me? And then Jane took his hands and lifted his head And the two of them had a holy moment. Jane said, Tommy, I forgive you and God loves you. What a moment. Jane had Paul's class ring with her at the funeral and and she put it on Tommy's finger and told him to wear it as a reminder of her forgiveness and of God's love. And over the course of the following year, Jane took it upon herself to stay in touch with Tommy. She was concerned about his well-being, about his long-term ability to deal with all the things surrounding the accident. And on the one-year anniversary of Paul's passing away, Jane and Eric invited Paul's friends to their home, and they also invited Tommy. And they reminisced, and they released balloons balloons in memory of Paul. They wore yellow, Paul's favorite color. They played loud music, ate pizza, and then Jane invited those who wanted to give God a chance in their lives and become a follower of Jesus Christ to do so. And that night, a year to the day that Paul died, Tommy gave God a chance and decided to become a follower of Jesus Christ right in her living room. Last I heard, Tommy was planning to be a missionary and an EMT. He's married now. He and Jane still get together. He calls her and says, I love you. Isn't that just a miraculous, incredible picture of a God who is at work upstream even when we can't see him? Psalm 77 begins with a man on the rocks. He's paralyzed by his disappointment in a morass of painful questions about God. He's on the brink of total collapse of his faith. But when he took himself out of the center of his prayers and focused on who God is, the God who is greater than, the God who is at work upstream, his perspective changed. And by the time we get to verses 13 and 14 of Psalm 77, he says, Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. 
Friends, disappointment is never the last word in any story that God writes. Never. And if you choose by faith to trust him, it won't be the last word in your story either. Even though right now God may seem silent and you can't see him. In almost every psalm of lament, there's a statement that no matter how dark our circumstances, no matter how much we rage, we feel toward God, no matter how much we want to give up, we won't. And we can make a vow of faith. You and I are limited, finite beings. And if we begin by praying about our problems, our disappointments, our feelings, the outcome will be bound by our limited thinking. But when we start with God, we start with the fact that our God is greater than us, greater than our problems, greater than our greatest disappointment. There isn't one of us who hasn't felt the pain of disappointment. And even though many of us know what the Bible says about God's love, sometimes we forget and we don't personalize it. Sometimes when you're going through a season of disappointment, we secretly wonder, is God disappointed with me? And we carry some guilt about it. I think God longs for each of us to clearly understand how he feels about us. Friends, it's no accident that you're joining me today. You are no accident. There is a God who is greater than your disappointment, and he loves you. Wherever you're at on your spiritual journey right now, he's crazy about you. And whether he is silent right now and you can't see him, he's working upstream because someday I convinced, I'm convinced you're going to have an Asaph moment. And you're going to say, I get it. God really is. God really is greater than all my hurt. God, thanks for meeting us here this week. Thank you for this psalm that shows us how to process in times of tragedy and hurt and mourning and grief, which I, I really relate to personally right now in our own family as we're dealing with with some intense grief. And thank you that you can handle our prayers. Thank you for the reminder that you have been at work in history. You will be at work now. And we choose to put our faith in you for the future. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have a great weekend. We'll catch you back here on Monday. You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. 